Welcome to Actions Antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you settling for less. Today's youth really needs some encouragement. I was actually at a church a couple hours away in a small town community church this past Sunday, and I heard the story a woman told me about how her teenage son had already lost seven of his friends to suicide, which is a really, really disturbing thing to hear and something that is even more disturbing when I think about this kind of desperation happening in many different places all across the country and all across the world. My my guest today, Kurt Ogbwele, is a coach that is actually helping bring a lot of hope to our youth today with his business, MBSB Coaching. Kurt, yep. welcome to the program. Steven, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you for having, having me. Thank you. Well, thank you, because this is something that I obviously care about quite a bit, hoping that my upcoming screen time reduction initiative helps relieve some of the pressure and some of the forces that is driving some of our youth to some of these bad places in life away. And I know you're helping the youth get some kind of encouragement for the things that they're interested in, the things that they want to pursue. And I know that starts from your own story. You have yes. your own story where you need some encouragement in, in your youth. Uh, let's begin with that. You had a pretty sizable family and some turmoil from what I've read, but I'll let you tell it yourself. Stephen, thank you again for having me. Um, again, guys, my name is Kurt Obawele from Brooklyn, New York. Huge family. Dad's from Nigeria. My, my mother's from Trinidad and Tobago. At a young age, we did experience the system. We were broken up in foster homes and also group homes and reform schools in the whole nine yard. And um, from that standpoint on, you know, I was able to live with my uh, dad and my older brother. So that right there was a struggle for itself just because I didn't have a relation with my dad and, you know, living under his system of the household was a challenge because that was something I was not used to. Mm -hmm. And for me, I picked up a passion for playing basketball probably around nine and 10 years old. So my dad being from his native country, which is Nigeria, basketball, any sports was not a priority education was. Mm -hmm. And me being a generation and growing up in America, sports can be a number one priority because it can allow you to be able to pay for college and, and, and so forth. So moving forward, I was able to make it to graduation and from that standpoint on, I, I knew that I wanted to continue to play basketball. So I decided to move back home in Brooklyn, New York, and just follow my desire of trying to go to a high-level college in just a neighborhood recreational center and went down there every day and, and played ball and got connected with the coordinator. And from that standpoint on, he trained me, right? And then he yeah. allowed me to play in something called AAU, which allows just the youth to be able to travel to different states to compete against different competition and also get seen by colleges. So I did that. I was in a tad, tad end of that little season that was towards the end of the summer. Me, me and a, a great young man who connected me to a local promoter and trainer in yeah. our neighborhood who trained the inner city kids to be able to do well in tournaments and be able to get seen by colleges. And I was, I was one of those guys. I just stuck by that, worked hard, played in games, and I was able to meet my mentor. And also, he was a father figure to me that I needed at that time. I was 18 years old, just dealing with my own little baggage. And he was able to psychologically and spiritually and physically help me to overcome that. And that allowed me to play better, allowed me to have more confidence, and allowed me to 
do better as, as, a, as a man of faith, be honest with you guys. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I was able to get a full-ride scholarship to Arizona Western Community College at Division One school, went, went on to uh, play over there and, and then continue to get my degree. And then well, I met my best friend. And then from that standpoint on, I, I decided to put put the ball down and pick up pick up the mic. And I did um, Christian uh, rap music. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Did Christian rap music. We was in a group called Dream Team Soldiers. Guys from all over the country. And I decided to, to move to Denver. So I continued my relationship with my best friend within the faith, continue to do music and also get out of New York City and develop my character. So came to Denver back in uh, 2000, sorry, the end of 2006 and pursue music was able to perform all, all over denver and colorado springs colorado springs had a big faith-based um, arena mm-hmm. and from that standpoint on we made it to the last chapter at that time period to get to be able to perform in front of major record labels and we did well but the the higher-ups did not have their stuff together so i decided from that standpoint on i wanted to go back to college i had three more years to finish up to get my degree and see, and see if i could be able to play basketball at the next level past college and I did that. I went to Colorado Christian University, met up with a great coach who, who was faith-based and also just a great man and, and had high-level success in basketball for himself and played three years there, had some challenges, and mm-hmm. graduated. Graduated in 2011 of May in organizational management and Christian leadership. So from that standpoint on, I got connected with a teammate who brother was currently in the NBA, and they had an organization that allowed – current college players to put on faith-based camps in different countries as far as from France all the way to Germany, play against their professional teams that earn a contract. So I did that tour for about a month. I was able to earn me a contract to play in France. And also while I got that contract, I was able to get hired on to work at a, a big time nonprofit that time period called Colorado Uplift to be a teacher slash mentor. Oh, wow. Yeah. So work with the inner city kids over there for a year and decided to move on to work as a case manager for the youth who were locked up for misdemeanors and did that for a year and decided to move on to work, work for another nonprofit called Archway Housing. That's how I'm now they call Archway Community Services. And I was a family service coordinator, just worked with the adults who were from Africa and also worked with the present members, man, and put together some fun events and teach some life skills, some domestic skills to the, um, to the youth. And obviously some, um, just simply simple stuff as far as like teaching the parents how to be able to fill out a resume. Yeah. That's yeah, that they don't really teach you in school, right? Yes. Yes, man. And just money management type of thing. So yeah, man, moved on from that and decided to, to go back into education and for work, for, worked at DPS K-12 um, as a program leader. And then got the great opportunity from one of my, one of my friends who was played pro basketball with to work as a teacher, uh, as a physical educational teacher, um, at a middle school uh, for DSST and um, worked there as a PE teacher and, 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 a, and a boys coach for four years. And, you know, it was, it was it was a blessing for me because I was able to really jump into the young men, young ladies' lives and really get deeper with them and try to be a, a positive influence. And I honestly sure. tried to get basketball. So did that for four years, then moved on to uh, public charter schools in Colorado and Worked there as an athletic director and as a PE teacher for the middle school kids and did that and as a support. And just, again, man, we I worked there during COVID time, so I'm going to say that I didn't really get the real rounds as far as the athletic director, but I was able to help manage two sports, uh, volleyball and soccer, build some relationships, and then 
decided to move on to be a support because I wanted to get some more training in that aspect. And then from there, moved on. So now currently I'm at Robert F. Smith Steam Academy at a black school as a high school physical educational teacher. Um, it's a school that's fresh. It's ninth and 10th graders. Yep. A lot of hormones, a lot of energy and a lot of opportunities to really become a better teacher and to become a better man. So, and also, um, I also have my own business, MBSB, and we're at the school right now. Last trimester was in their enrichment program. And that's the program that allows the youth to be able to um, experience different programs outside of what they usually learn from school. So what I provide to the youth over there, man, is, is pros, pros within um, the profession of basketball, music, teaching, coaching, acting. They share their personal stories with the youth. If the youth are inspired, they able to um, connect with the pros, receive training and become great. So that's what I do, man. That's amazing. And so much to unpackage from that story. Now, first of all, you said you, your dad is from Nigeria, and that's kind of the culture where they didn't really value sports as much. Have you ever gotten to, in all your travels, visit Nigeria or even Trinidad and Tobago, where your family origins are? Stephen, thanks for asking. I've never been to Nigeria. I was planning on going there four years ago with my brothers, but because of the local rebels over there, we decided not to go. Trinidad and Tobago, I did visit, mm -hmm. not as adult, but as a child. I was five years old, was out there for, for a month. For a while, you were living with your dad, and it sounds like uh, he wasn't exactly supportive of your interests. So what, what kind of a challenge was that for you? And if this was before you know, you got your mentors and some of this other stuff, what kept you going through some of these challenging times when you're talking about the reform schools and everything else, all the different ways that life had handed you those challenges? Because there's got to be a way to you know, believe in something better, believe that you have the power to kind of move on from this situation and take some control of your life. Well, it was tough for me because before I lived with my dad, I developed a strong passion for the game of basketball. So when I did live with my dad, I wanted to continue that on. That was something that I wanted to just focus on. And so when I did not receive that support, it was a challenge. It didn't make me angry. All I knew was that this is what I want to focus on. So even though there was some obstacles that was on along the way at that time period. I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And that was my main focus and everything around it. Everything around my life was for that was for mm -hmm. trying to become a high level college basketball player. And so when I left my dad and obviously continued on to uh, meet my, my mentor, that just allowed me to really continue to focus on the game that I loved when I was 10 years old, but now I have support and yeah. that's, that's what happened. So, yeah. You know, as a as another New Yorker, dare yep. I ask, um, yeah. Knicks or Nets? Man, thanks for asking, man. Nick, thanks for asking. You know, Knicks, I'm a Knicks guy, but a Knicks guy Nets too. So yeah, yeah, and I know they um they weren't in Brooklyn quite yet when you were growing up, so nope. it's a little bit different. Yes, sir, man. I mean, when I go down there, I never been to a Brooklyn Nets game, but you know, when I do walk down Atlanta Avenue, man. Um, I know one day I will be there just because I'm, I don't live in New York. So I'm not able to really catch the games, but I'm excited that, you know, we have a pro team at home. So you met this, this mentor of yours and tell me about that experience. Uh, what changed in you when you got this mentor? Thank you. Thank you for asking, Stephen. You know, when I went to, sorry, when I met the mentor, it was something that I wasn't even looking for, honestly, like I was already, on my tracks of trying to be able to get a scholarship to a high level school. And he came to me, you know, he came to me and he spoke my language. You know, he just mm -hmm. told me, hey, buddy, I am a man of faith. And, you know, I sense that you do have some things that you need to overcome, 
but also I could get you to that division one college, you know? And so the two things that stuck out to me was him saying that he's a man of faith. And number two, he could get me to that division one college because that was something I was trying to pursue anyway. So we set up a meeting. We met up like probably two days later, right there in the playground in the city of Brooklyn, New York. I told him who I was and we got right to business and action. We got right to the training, had a great training with him. And that continued on. But in the midst of our training, me developing as a basketball player, he was a father figure for me. And I needed that because yeah. I didn't have the support or protection that I feel like I needed to become a man. And I know my dad was doing the best he could as far as what he knew. You know, so this guy was from where I'm from, played the sport himself, had some successes. And also he was trying to build his team. So he needed me too. Yeah. So everything just worked out well. And he fed into, he fed into my psyche. You know, he, yeah. con- he continued to feed things into me that allowed me to believe in what he was telling in order to excel as a basketball player and also feed some things into me as a man that allowed me to take some ownership on some things so that I could be able to make the right decisions. So I, I don't go back in my life or go forward. And last, he pointed to me as a man of faith. And yeah. that was something that, I always was a man of faith, but it, it just kind of reignited some things inside of me, re- reignited um, my dedication mm-hmm. to things of faith. And our ongoing relationship was probably about a year to a year and a half. And he was able to pay for a collar buying for me in New Jersey where I was already injured. But I, I went out there on faith, did my best and was able to connect with the best coach at that collar buying. And from that standpoint on, he gave me a full ride scholarship. So, yeah. So it also sounds like it took you a lot of like hard work, a lot of training, a lot of staying focused. What kept you going? Because we all have that point in our lives, whatever our endeavor is, where we are tempted to just hang it up, tempted to call it quits, tempted to just pull out the bottle or pull out whatever your favorite distraction mechanism is, you know, do the, the more comfortable thing as opposed to keep pushing, keep pushing. Was it your faith? Was it this mentorship? Was it something else that about your mindset, something you really believe in, something you're really passionate about? Uh, honestly, Stephen, it was, it was my desire. Know that I wanted to go to a high-level college. And also, I wanted to make something out of myself so that I could be able to come back and help my mother and help my other siblings. Hmm. Yeah, because you, you said you had eight siblings, right? Yep. Do they have similar paths? Do they have similar desires, similar stories? I have an uh, older brother who had a similar, I'm not going to say that he he didn't experience a strong level of lack of support as I, but he was able to use the sport of basketball to be able to make something out of himself. Um, he's my half brother and he lost his mother at a pretty young age. So mm. she was his foundation and his dad, which was my dad, was also not in his life, you know? So that woman that he lost was definitely his, his everything. So I think for him, he really leaned strong into the game of basketball and also his faith too, his faith in God. And by him applying hard work, you know, and going through challenges, because the biggest thing for me, the challenges that I was facing, again, when I was on my pursuit of trying to pursue a Division One college was simply, honestly, my environment, my environment was really negative. Mm-hmm. And I could say also at that time period, girls, 
Yeah, I think for him, it was just mostly lack of support. He didn't have the support, right? Yeah. As far as a dad, okay, and a mm-hmm. mom that's going to take care of the things as far as expenses in college, you know, and even other things as far as advice, that a lot of things that he was doing was on his own. At least for me, I didn't have a dad, but I did have a mother physically, and I had my mentor slash coach. So, yeah. yeah. And so it sounds like going into your business interest, that's like a really important thing because there are a lot of people growing up without that level of support, whether it be a father figure, whether it be a mother figure, whether it be even positive peers or someone to encourage you to do the right things as opposed to kind of drain into this negative environment that a lot of people find themselves in. If someone is growing up or someone is really cares about someone who's growing up without that support, what do you think is the best thing that someone can do to get through or to find a way to lean into the positive in a world that lacks that support for, for that particular person? That's, that's tough. That's tough. You know, I look at it like this, if you're not able to look internally, which means in your household, a guardian, then honestly, you got to look outside your household. And I think the next best thing is honestly teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Coaches, you know, maybe your best friends, maybe their parents, you know, whatever, man. So those are the things I feel like are added support that could be yep. able to help you still get to where you want to go. So, yeah. And what would you say to anyone that's listening out there that wants to be that support, that wants to find a way to touch some of these people that are struggling as yep. they come of age to yep. to find a positive path and they they see the problem. What do you think is the best way someone can go about that? Again, I mean, MBSB, you know, we accept pros, you know, and it don't have to just be pros. I, I think the great thing about my organization, humbly, is that we try to touch base on and on almost everything. As far as SEL, social emotional learning, that's something that was presented to me couple months ago and you know we were able to teach the youth about or young boys about becoming positive men in their society and young girls become positive ladies in their society so honestly reach out to me you know reach out to me um i'm sure my number and, and my email address will be on this podcast reach out to me and i have a bunch of young people boys and girls you know who are wide open to receiving information training become the best that they can be why because you know, their homes are broken, you know, mm-hmm. somebody has let them down at an even younger age than, than where they're at right now. And they're wide open and looking for people who, number one, care, not number one who has experience, but number one who cares. And they know if you don't care by how you show up every single day, you know, mm-hmm. by number one who cares. And then number two, who's going to be able to bring that experience that's going to inspire them and consistently train them to become the best person they can be. And then number two, I mean, Simple. You plug into different organizations that Boys and Girls Club, you know, um, maybe the YMCA, you know, might have a couple of youth down there who need some extra, you know, advice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that. And tell us a bit about how MBSB physically works. What exactly happens with the, the youth in the program as well as the volunteers? We bring the pros down. You know, we bring the pros down in a session like thing, kind of similar to what we're doing right now. Or it could be physically, it could be at uh, YMCA, it could be in a conference room, or it could be at my school, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the pros come come down from all over the world, man. And they just simply, again, they share their personal stories. It's a Q&A thing. 
And then from that standpoint on, the pros are able to, you know, hand their business cards to the youth and the youth are able to continue to follow them on social, social media. And from that standpoint on, be able to receive that training. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we had uh, one youth, um, actually, I think it was a year ago, I was able to connect, connect them with um, a big time actor, you know what I'm saying? Who's been oh, wow. in, yeah, Netflix and, you know, saying how they own movie with, um, I can't, I forgot the motivational speaker, man, but, uh, yeah. And from that standpoint on was able to connect right there in that session, um, as far as allowing the youth to get with his program and from there receive, um, you know, receive acting. And this is not some one thing thing. This is an ongoing basis, ongoing basis. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's something that we try to do. We continue to try to branch off, not just here in Colorado, but we're also in New York city. You know what I mean? And this is, a again, this is not a, meet and see it later. This is an ongoing thing, man. Ongoing thing, building relationships. And from that standpoint on, we're trying to build pros, you know, so for, yeah. for the actual people who, who want to be able to volunteer and be a part of this, number one, you have to care. You have to care about um, the youth. And then number two, you have to be able to have some sense of accomplishment in your own profession so that you're valid, you're validated that when you speak to the youth, they're inspired naturally. And mm-hmm. again, if you're interested in, you know, being a part of MBSB, man, Again, my, I'm sure my information will be out here in this podcast. Just, you know, give me a call, or email me or, or text me and we'll get you plugged in. So, yeah. And so what would qualify someone as a pro? Oh, as a pro. Oh, thanks. For yeah. That. So, so when you say the pros and yep. the people that come and speak to the youth, what would qualify someone as a, as a pro? Like, is there a certain qualification someone needs to meet to be labeled a pro at anything? Well, yeah, I, I, I touch base on it like this. You know, I have a good friend who, when I met that person, they had a few pro experiences playing pro basketball overseas. Um, the, the country they played at was Australia, right? Mm-hmm. They never received a contract. They never got paid a dime to do what they love doing. That person was a great player, right? Connected with that person. I did some training with that person, training the youth, right? Yeah. And his goal as a mid-20-year-old man was to get back over the waters and be able to get a contract, get paid for what you know he wanted to do, and go over from and go over there and come back and get back to the youth. And I trained with him, seen his game develop, and also seen how he was able to be able to um, communicate his needs with the youth and be able to see him train the youth at the same time. And he was able to go to Spain, try out, make the team get a contract, be successful over there. Then he was able to go to Germany and play two levels higher in Germany, get a contract, play, have some success over there, and then go to Kosovo and boom, you know, try yeah. out, get a contract and be successful over there. And he was able to try to bring me down there to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. when he was done playing pro ball, and this is recently, and you could be able to go and look these speakers online and see their life, right? And get to see for yourself are you successful at what they're trying to teach you? You know, so yeah. they're able to come back down. Yeah. You know, share his experiences with the youth. So that's what I consider a pro, a person who's able to um, have a desire, work towards that, accomplish that, and come back and give back and be able to train. So, yeah. Which is pretty much exactly what you're doing, right? Trying. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so the youth then, they hear the speaker, yep. and then they'll decide whether or not they want to have some kind of an ongoing relationship with that speaker as the person who's going to help them, you know, as you had your mentor help you get from point A to point B, get from that point where you have the desire, 
but you need a lot of that specific know-how of how to actually become that person that you want to become. Yes. And we try to provide resources. When I came up, there was only one resource, you know, Mm -hmm. I was lucky to to use that to the maximum ability to get to where I went, but that was it, you know? So, you know, we want to be able to, we have more than one resources and not just in sports, but in just different type of professions. So you're able to be able to plug in and be able to receive that support to become whatever you want to become. So, yeah. Now your business, mind, body, spirit business, encompasses, I'm assuming, the mind, the body, and the spirit. Yes, sir. So that means that there's some sort of a, you know, a mental as well as spiritual element in it beyond just the specifics of whether it's basketball or coaching, acting, rapping, singing, music, et cetera. How do do those all, in, in your view, interplay amongst each other, the mind, the body, and the spirit to create the person that you need to become or want to become? What we focused on when I first started was just, honestly, we wanted to break down what have you been through, okay? Yeah. And then we wanted to focus on steps to be able to get you to where you're supposed to be. And that part right there did come with the pros, right? The pros mm-hmm. who've been through, you know, mental struggle, um, maybe physically just not you know, at, at a place where you want to be, where you feel confident to step out there and spiritually where you're depressed, you know? And I think the business part of it is actually the part that's allowing you to receive those opportunities to be able to go out there and promote yourself and get what you want out of life, you know? So those are the three different components that we try to focus on. And we just break those things down, just different steps as far as simple, as far as what are you putting in your, in your body? Also, as far as from the spiritual standpoint is... Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are you listening to? Um, what are some daily techniques are you doing to allow yourself to, I kind of say, be attractive? You know, and that comes with even mindful meditation techniques. We have partnered with a big time nonprofit that's located actually in India, but actually have schools that's based out of um, Pennsylvania called Sky Schools that actually go into the school system and actually teach these mindful meditation techniques, not just nice. to the youth, but to the adults. You know what I'm saying? So. These are the things that we try to plug in with our youth, man, so that they're able to strengthen, obviously, the three components that we try to promote so that they become the best person they could be. So, yeah. And does getting away from some of the negative content, whether it be negative people in your life or some of the negative content that so many of our youth are currently consuming online, the content that encourages people to be divided and hateful and focuses on what they can't do, focus on the limitations. Does getting away from that play a, a big role in that as well? Big time. Yeah. I mean, you know, who you surround yourself, man, is where you're going to end up. You know, honestly, if you're really trying to accomplish a goal, if you're really trying to be an example to, you know, people around you, if you're really trying to give back, you mm-hmm. know, hey, then you don't have time to waste, you know, yeah. and we really focus on, I mean, we're open to, Honestly, any level, but we're really focused, really, really, really focused on people who want it. That's just what we try to lock in on. So, yeah. And when you talk about don't have time to waste, what are the biggest time wastes that a lot of today's youth that you encounter fall prey to? Social media. That's the biggest thing. I mean, as far as trying to create some type of image that's going to allow them to be popular. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the image that they create is not positive, you know, and and it's detrimental because the thing about it is that, you know, some of the youth, again, the things that they're attracted to could really allow them to either end up in jail or, or dead, you know? So to really 
be able to come in and really be able to captivate them with somebody. That's why we try to focus on personal stories, right? So you feel like they can be able to relate with you, you know, and then hopefully trust you and then allow you through a business transaction to grow them, you know, because if it's not you, then it's, it's totally this other side. There's no middle ground. So the things that they're trying to, again, emulate is things that's not always positive and it's through something that's not real. It's through social media, you know, a lot of times their friends that they may be attracted to, maybe some big, big time name or whatever on social media. But when it comes to real life stuff, their friends do not have the tools or they don't have the support to be able to help you to become what you want to be. You know what I mean? So again, we want to really touch base and, and get them early and we want them to be able to relate with the speakers and be able to trust the speakers so that they can really receive that training. That's an ongoing basis. I think constantly see my somebody, somebody in front of their face that number one wants them to do the best they can. And then number two, accomplish their goals. And then number three, be able to give back. And that was something for me. There was no middle ground for me when I was younger. I didn't have a lot of resources. And I knew that I had to make a decision. I was in my crossroad, you know? Mm-hmm. And I needed somebody, number one, who, who cared about me. Number one, I think it wasn't really about how much they knew. It was about how much they cared about me. Number two, who had the experience and had some success, success in their life where I'm able to be inspired to want to be able to put the work in to accomplish my goals. So, yeah. So essentially it sounds like what you're saying is that some of these kids, some of these teenagers, even young adults who are in this tough place in life need to know that this better place, what they really desire is actually a possibility is actually something that could happen to them based on the idea of being in contact with someone that actually cares about them, that can show them that they also overcame the struggle that they had. Big time. Yes. Yes. And that is amazing. And so also, what does it look like when you observe these kids, teenagers, young adults make that transition from hopelessness to having some kind of a hope? Is there something innate in them that allows them to be open to these mentors, these spiritual guides? Or do you see people that literally are so down the lock, they're constantly negative, you know, whatever they impact from social media, and then are actually able to make that transition to the point where you were, where you had something you really cared about basketball, and you were willing to put in the hard work, you're willing to go past when your body started saying no more, when your mind started saying, I need to do something else, when someone was coming by with the booze or whatever other distraction that would have taken you away from it that you cared enough to keep going. Thank you. Yeah, I see it. No, it's not a one day thing. It's every day showing up and it's not just the training. It's the, it's the relationship building. It starts with the trainer. Honestly, it starts with the trainer really showing up. Number one, mm-hmm. being able to obviously open themselves up to be able to accept the youth from where they at, but love them enough to try to push them to get to that next level. You know what I mean? So this is something that's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing because the youth have been the leadership in their lives in the past have failed them. Mm-hmm. So you have to prove to me that you're not going to fail me. And this is not a one day thing. It's not a two day thing. Okay. This might be something that happened over a year basis. Yeah. No matter how much I want to become this or that I'm watching you and I'm watching to see, are you what you say you are, you know? So again, I see the light, I see the change and I see the growth, but this is something that's not a one day thing. It's just something that's going to happen over a basis of time.
And is this also a principle that we can kind of bring into every area of our lives, every single person that we interact with on a regular basis, whether it be our family, whether it be our close friends or nearby community, even someone's coworkers, if you're listening out there to say, how do I become a better example for those people that saying you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around, which is what you were getting at before, you know, look at who you surround yourself with. That's where you're going to go. The people that want to say, okay, these are the people I'm around, but I can be a better example to them. I can show up for them and I can show them when I every day start caring about myself more and say, I'm going to put down the bag of chips and and grab an apple instead, or Mm -hmm. any of those little things that we can all do to better ourselves. Yes. Yes. I mean, like, like you said, man, I think that comes with number one, it comes with you have, you have to, you have to want it, you know, somebody can't want it more than you, you know, and, and from that standpoint on, you know, we just want to align uh, people with pros who, again, who's been through what you're going through right now. And from that standpoint on, who's going to try to push you to get to that next level, you know, and the techniques that we try to, um, I guess, provide is a simple techniques. As far as mentally, you know, what are you reading every single day? What are you putting inside of your mind that's going to allow you to have a successful that day? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, not the long term, just that moment. What are you putting inside of your mind that's going to allow you to be your best self? And then number two, the body wise, being healthy, conscious, you know, understanding small things as far as trying to have protein in the morning, try to eat breakfast in the morning. What are you eating for breakfast? You know what I mean? Throughout mm-hmm. your day, you know, are you trying your best to, you know, intake some greens, you know, when you're going to sleep, you know what I mean? What type of sweets are you putting in your body? We try to do small things as far as that. That's going to allow you to have a paradigm shift in your life, yep. you know, because what you do put in your body can't affect the way you act, you know, and lastly, it's the spiritual side and it's not have to be, you know, any particular domination, but techniques, you know, mm-hmm. what techniques are you um, implementing your body every single day? You, you have to be tenacious, you know, you have to be tenacious about really experiencing some mindful meditation techniques and really not just going through the motion, but actually practicing the techniques and seeing to take, you know, just take a root in your life. You know, even in my class, we're going over some mindful techniques and we have real athletes. We have guys who are playing football. We have guys who are playing basketball and guys who are running track. And then we're really encouraging to use these mindful meditation techniques that they learned in class in their games. And then tomorrow gives a report on why did you use it and how did it feel active and how did that take effect in the game? And they do that. And I can see the joys in their faces. And these are things that were not foreign to them before. Like they don't, it's not foreign to them. And show them examples of LeBron James and show them examples of other athletes in different sports who actually just sit back in pressure situations and experience those mindful meditation techniques that's allowed them to finish the game and finish at a high level. Win or lose, they was able to finish where they're able to be one with the game and be able to affect other people in a positive way. And then last, you know, it's your, it's your business, you know what I'm saying? If you don't love yourself, nobody else is going to love you and nobody want to be around you. So you, you don't want to be able to repel people. You want to be able to attract people. And in order, I think in order to be able to attract people through my little experience that you have to constantly be working on your mind, working on your body and working on your spirit. So, yeah. So it was a lot of it about each and every little decision you make every day. Like you wake up and you decide, what am I going to think about? Or say someone's listening to this podcast and they're on their way to work or driving, yeah. right? What mm-hmm. are you going to do? Is the first thing you're going to do to check your emails? The first thing you're going to do to go to some website that's a big distraction that fills you with negative content? Or is the first thing you're going to do to like 
take a deep breath and try to imagine something good about the person in front of you. It could be something as far as encouraging words, you know, so you could pull out your phone, it could be a devotion, you know, if you're, if you're a person that, that prays, it could be a prayer, or it could be a person that just sit right there and, you know, at the edge of their bed and just really think about what has happened in your life and what do you want to accomplish today? And then take it from there, go to your bathroom while you're brushing your teeth and then, you know, put on a mindful meditation technique, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To really fill your spirit and fill your soul and then move on from there. As you're getting dressed or as you're working out, preparing for your day, you listen to positive speakers, you know? So stuff like yeah. that. Every, every little thing that you choose, like, cause like we're constantly making choices all the time and we're going to make a bad one from time to time. I think that's just naturally going to happen, but it's the balance of it. Like each choice you make, you're kind of creating your future, creating your environment, creating what you're going to be. Yep. Yes, sir. Now, one last question I want to ask you is what do you think is the number one thing that today's youth needs right now? If you look at every single item that's leading to some of these unfortunate results of how many people have anxiety, depression, loneliness, isolation, and all these other negative feelings that are making far too many of our youth, our teenagers want to give up in one way or another. It's going to sound like a uh, you know, broken record. They need somebody who cares about them. And this is something that's uh, not a one day speaking thing. This is an ongoing thing. And I think number two, they need somebody who's constantly growing in their life. The youth can't see if you're taking those personal steps to become what you're saying, to become that example. They could tell, you know, and one thing I love about the youth is that they don't write you off real quick. They'll give you a chance, but they'll eventually write you off. And then you could tell that they're done with you. They're done. You know, and for you to see that as a, as a, as a, as a member of society and as a adult, it's, it's, it's the worst, you know, it's the worst. And I think number three, um, they need to see a person who has some type of success in, in a profession because they need to be inspired. They need to see something that they want to reach. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, would you advocate that everybody listening to this podcast right now go up to someone who they care about and express it to them? Just say to that person, hey, I care about you. Yes, you know, or even break that. Hey, man, I just want to let you know, man, I love you. And I know people mm-hmm. look like, huh? They probably haven't heard that word in months, but I know it's going to sit down, resonate with them that somebody, number one, recognized me and took a step of faith to tell to tell me that I'm a valuable person. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing because so many people are going around thinking nobody cares. That's yep. that's the tough thing or nobody of value cares or the people that are supposed to care. Parents, role models, specific role models don't. So that that's an unfortunate thing. And so, yeah, go ahead, everyone out there listening as we wrap this up. Tell someone that you care about, that yep. that you care, that you love them. Express yep. that and um, it'll kind of create this more positive energy around us. Yeah, big time. Yep. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for joining us today on Actions Antidotes for giving everyone that's concerned about the situation with our with our youth and some of the outcomes we're seeing a little bit of hope of knowing that there's someone out there that, that really cares. I'd like to thank everyone out there listening. I would like to encourage you to express how you care to other people. I'd like to encourage you to think about how you could give back and also think about just generally how you all could be a better example. And once again, if you're interested in the MBSB program, there'll be the information on the podcast. And uh, those 
youth out there listening, you know, there are people out there that care. There are people out there that want to see better outcomes for all of you. And so whatever you're going through now, just remember you are a work in progress. You are a work in progress as long as you keep working on yourself, no matter how bad the situation is right now. As long as you know you have the desire to work on yourself, there is a strong potential that things will get better. And this is not the only way things ever will be. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I encourage you to tune back into Actions Antidotes for more of our wonderful episodes with guests that hopefully will inspire you in much the same way that Kurt is inspiring some of these young people to look at an example of someone who has gotten through things, has succeeded and built the life that they really want. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Okay. See you later.